This is Sounds on Vinyl, the podcast that celebrates the best rock, metal, and punk music on vinyl. And now, here's Mike and Phil. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to say that we are recording this show on March 17th on St. Patty's Day. And uh, all around the world, it seems like shit's going down. Entire cities and even countries are shutting down completely and we're all kind of wondering what kind of hell we're going to wake up tomorrow. And uh, so with all this uncertainty out there and all this stuff, it doesn't look like it's going to be ending soon. You know, we, we just wanted to say a little something about the coronavirus and then move on. Um, We hope you and all your loved ones are healthy and doing well and getting all the things that you need to ride out this storm. As far as the self-isolation and all that kind of stuff, Mike and I actually record the show from different locations. I'm in the Speakeasy studio here in the United States where toilet paper is in short supply, but we're pretty much stocked with everything else. And Mike records from the Grand Anarchy Anarchy studio in Sweden, uh, which is the same place that Grand Reserva produces all their great records. Grand Reserva is, of course, the band that does all the music for the show, and Mike is the lead singer of. So, Mike, how are things in Sweden? You guys okay? You guys getting everything you need over there? Yeah, uh, it's scary times right now, but we're okay. We're a much smaller country than than uh, than yours, so there's uh. And there's a lot of people that spread out on, on the countryside. So it's mainly the cities right now that are worst off. And, but of course, people are panicking here too and, and try to stock up on, on, on groceries and, and, and of course, toilet papers. Uh, but uh, we have a great uh, healthcare system that I uh, believe firmly in. So I think we're uh, well equipped. Well, that's good. But it's crazy. But it's crazy times. So, so. But we're <laughs> that fine it is. Right now. That it is. I've never experienced yeah. anything like this before. To walk into a store and see empty shelves. It's it's just insane. No, it's nuts. Yeah. So um, we're just going to go ahead and continue to talk about vinyl and music, and at least for the forever, how long it takes us to get through the show, the coronavirus can just go fuck off. You know. Yes. I mean, <laughs> you know, so this is a this show point, about music. Right. Yeah. So from this point forward, the Sounds on Vinyl show will just be a coronavirus free zone. And it'll just be a place where you can escape the insanity and uh, just find some, uh, you know, find a little slice of happiness in the thing that brings us so much joy. And that is, of course, music, like Mike said a second ago. All right, so Mike, are you ready to jump into the show tonight? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this week we travel back to the year 1984 and celebrate Van Halen's sixth record. 1984 peaked at number two on the Billboard chart where it stayed for five weeks The singles I'll Wait in Panama hit number 13 on Billboard, while Hot for Teacher reached number 56 on Billboard's Hot 100. 1984 is certified diamond. Diamond, you never really ever hear diamond. (laughs) Why the song Jump 
went gold after only four months after its release. It's just crazy to me. Yes. So Mike, 1984 starts out quite a bit different than the other Van Halen records that came before it. So what do you think of it when you first heard it? Well, hmm, let me see. I, I remember hearing Van Halen. I, um, I know that they were heading for, for Sweden back in, in 84. And I remember, of course, Jump uh, as the single. And I remember the video for Panama. And I thought they were a little bit too popish for me. Uh, the sound with the massive keyboards. But, it, uh, but they grew on me. There was something there. And I didn't realize uh, that at the point, but, but it's, it's sort of like uh, they were entertainment. So, so I, I saw, because MTV, they rolled out bo both Jump and, and Panama and even Swedish television, I remember, uh, played uh, uh, those videos. And... But Van Halen was just one of those bands that was around uh, at the right time with together with Motley Crue and Rat and Scorpions and, of course, Kiss. And I, I know that there's a lot of friends uh, that were into them, especially uh, people that played in other bands, guitar players. They loved Eddie Van Halen. But I, I thought he was uh, way too much. I, I'm, I'm more into the bluesy players like... Uh, Angus Young from ECDC and, and, and the, the, the Lizzie Boys and, and Whitesnake and all of that. Mm -hmm. But it's, um, I, I, it, it took a while, but they grew on me. How about you? Yeah, you know, um, like you, the first single I heard was Jump. And honestly, I wasn't all that crazy about it at first. But, you <laughs> know, because all the keyboards, you know, it was very, very, very keyboard heavy. Yeah. Um, but the song was freaking everywhere. You couldn't get away from it. So no. it, it sort of grew on me and I went out and got the record. And, um, you know, before I continue though, I should say I'm not really anti keyboard per se, you know, it's, um, I, I love the old sixties and seventies keyboards and even some of the eighties style keyboards, but I don't know, for some reason, this just didn't fit this with Van Halen for me. So that, that's kind of why I was against it. Phil, it, it, it's an organ. It's an organ. It's organ, an, true, it, it, uh, true. You, I mean, it still can, has keys, though. <laughs> yeah, if, if, you want, if you want John Lord from, from Purple, if, if he was alive, he would hit you over the head. What the hell are you talking about the keyboard? I bring my big fat Leslie and I have to, to jumpstart it like an hour before the show so it gets warmed up and then, then I'm good to go. Keyboard. Uh, but I know what you mean. It, it's, it's, it's like... I lump all uh, that stuff together, you know. <laughs> uh, I know. I well, know, but... you, you see, <laughs> insanity in a completely different way. You see? You see? <laughs> but... but <laughs> But it, it's, I, I know, uh, and I'm thinking uh, that, that I speak uh, for the both of us. I mean, in 1984, we, we both discovered Metallica and Slayer was on the market. And, and I think that taking in a keyboard at, at that time was sort of like, uh, what the hell? Mm -hmm. But as you said, they, they grew on you. There, there was something there that they had. Because uh, I backtracked from, from, from that album and I listened to the first and th there is 
it, it, way much more heaviness uh, and, and bluesy stuff going on in those early records, I think. Right. So, so it was 1984 your introduction to Van Halen? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. yeah. I was like 13 years old at the time, so I didn't know anything. Okay. They, were, they were not that big. For me in Sweden, it, it, it was up there on, on the top five. I, I remember growing up that, that people listened to. It was Kiss. It was uh, Metallica, ECDC. Uh, you got Motley Crue. And then uh, it's a split between Def Leppard uh, and Judas Priest. That's about it. Okay. So I, yeah. So so Van Halen, it, it 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 took a while for shit to get here to Sweden. I I mean it's not in in like these days when when you can just log in and and listen to it the day it it gets released. It, it some of the records took like six months to get here. So you 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 had had to wait. So so I remember um, like the first time I heard about. Van Halen be, uh, being a big arena band, it's when, when they were heading for Stockholm uh, and doing a big outdoor festival in, in Stockholm. I think it was together with ECDs or, or oh, I can't remember. But, but that's all of a sudden when, when the, um, all the, the pop magazine or rock and roll magazine started to write about them. And uh, I saw some pictures and, and then the videos came. So I'm thinking that, that it was sort of like when the videos started showing on Swedish television, it was sort of like, uh, in my mind, uh, back in the day, promotion for the, the shows that were going around here in Scandinavia. Mm. See, I had a friend that was like the biggest, hugest Van Halen fan. Like, like how you are with Kiss, like this big mega fan of Kiss, this guy was like that for Van Halen. And so he kind of got me into Van Halen around the women and children first record. So that's kind of where I got into them when they were, you know, more of the, the rock and roll bluesy kind of Van Halen. So when, it, when I dropped the needle on this 1984 record and the title track comes on, I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this? Like, what is this crap? You know, cause this was like the second album that I started that I heard with from these guys. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, Oh crap, the whole record's going to be like this. What the hell are we doing? But luckily there were some other songs on there. And, you know, as we went through the record, it was, you know, that they had some good old fashioned uh, Van Halen rock and roll stuff on there in addition to the keyboard stuff. But oddly enough, I'll wait the, even the first time I heard it being so keyboard heavy, it was, it's one of my favorite songs on the record. So yeah. hitting Van Halen at that time with the women and children first and then listening to this, which was a little different. And then going back and listening to like, I started with fair warning and stuff like that. So yeah. it, it was yeah. a interesting experience to hear the, the various aspects of Van Halen. And then yeah. when they got rid of David Lee Roth, you had a whole different ball game. Yeah. A whole different uh, sound with that too. So yeah. I feel like, the Van Halen experience was a little bit weird yeah. coming in late, you know, in the eighties like that. When Dave, Dave quit, it, it, that was it for me. I, I, uh, I lost track of them. 
I, I wasn't interested anymore. I thought, yeah. that, uh, well, it's it's a completely different band. Why are they still calling themselves Van Halen? It's like when when uh, Vince Neil uh, left Motley, and, mm-hmm. and and John Karabi. When it's a it's a great uh, it's a great album, I think with, with Motley. So. But it's but it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another one we need to do. It's it's oh, God, a, no, a it's a it's a it's a post. <laughs> It's a post Aussie thing, I think. Post, yeah. Post Malone Aussie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Hitting See, I out. stopped listening to Motley Crue really after uh Theater Pain, I think it was. That was the okay. one that's after Shout, right? Was Theater Pain? Y- yes. Yeah. I, once Theater Pain came out, I'm like, what the hell's with these guys? So you didn't like Dr. Phil? No. No. Oh no. shit. Mm-mm. Oh, we need to do that one too. Oh my God, I got so many ideas. <laughs> Keep them coming, man. Keep them coming. We're fighting no, man, this out. Like shout was the last Motley Crue. Like really, it's just the first two records from the crew. All right. So mm-hmm. so so theater of pain. No. Theater pain has a couple decent songs on it. Um, okay, but okay, for the I, I I give it maybe like a two. Ooh. Overall. Oh, we got some Motley Crue going on. Listen up, people. We got to fight this out. We got some Motley Crue episodes coming on right now. Yeah, let us know which album you'd like us to do. <laughs> <laughs> which post Shout at the Devil yeah. you want us to do. And we did yeah. we did do Shout before. Yeah, we so did. if you missed that yeah. episode, go back and listen to it. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, uh, it, it but it's funny because Van Halen is one of those bands they they uh, they hit it really hard with this album 1984 and, and huge hits with what both Jump and 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 Panama and of course back in the day when when they were starting out there is a little person that I know something about his name is Gene Simmons of course and yeah, during the the kiss the, connection the kiss connection of course there is always a kiss connection you can you can take take any band and there is a kiss connection no no i'm i'm joking or am i actually there there's probably some truth to that <laughs> yeah or am i gene simmons he can show you the dollars but but anyway, during his whole career, Jeans, he, he he told the story about how he discovered Van Halen. But but I actually found out, thank you, Alex, uh, that it's not really the case. He merely produced demo recordings. He did some some ten songs that still is on unreleased. But he early on saw a potential in the band. So, uh, well, that's about it. So he didn't mm. discover the band because th- they were already in, in spin. Uh, and and uh, the, the record companies were showing interest. So, so um, that's a myth that's right a there. Myth. There yes. we go. We debunked the myth of Gene Simmons discovering Van Halen. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Yes. On the Sounds but, but, On but Vinyl show. Yeah. But to, to, I'm a Kistner, so I have to defend, of course. He saw the potential. Isn't that like... Disc- it's, that, it's, you know, no, somebody's got to give, give him a break, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my God! <laughs> but it's a it's a great it's a great album. It it turned out 1984 turned out really nice. I think. What's your favorite tracks, man? Oh, favorite tracks. Let's see. It, it's got to be I'll Wait, like I mentioned before. That That's like one of my favorite songs, you know, like by far the top. Then I think okay. we got to go with Panama, Jump, of course. Yeah. Uh, jump with, see, like I'm from Chicago, in case you can't hear it in my accent. And the Chicago Cubs kind of adopted that song as, as sort of the theme when it when the song came out. So I thought that was really cool that this big major league baseball team did this. Cause you never really heard hard rock or anything, anything heavy back then. Now you got the Metallica and all that crap going on, even though if it's usually enter Sandman, which we won't get into the black album right now. But um, so I, I thought it was really cool that, you know, they had this song so heavy was on the commercials and all that. So that was really cool. Um, let's see what else. I think Girl Gone Bad. I like that song. I think that's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. So how about you? Uh, I have to go with, uh, of course, Panama uh, and Jump, as you said, uh, Hot for Teacher and uh, Drop Dead Legs. That's one of my favorites. Drop actually. Dead Legs, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a bluesy feel to it, I think. It does. It yeah, does. it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I kind of wish the, they would have done more of the blues stuff. Yeah, yeah, me too. And the video for Hartford Teacher. Mm. Would it, wouldn't, wouldn't you like to have one, a, te a teacher like that? I actually did at one point. What? No. In eighth grade, really? actually, when this, when this record came out in 1984, I was in eighth grade. And we had, well, uh, let me clarify. We didn't have a teacher that stripped down and got up on the desk and started <laughs> dancing around. Unfortunately, <laughs> we didn't have that. <laughs> ah, that would be so great. Oh, man. And the, the small little town that I grew up, that would have been a freaking uh, <laughs> controversy for sure, man. Oh, that would have been, been quite something. <laughs> no, but we, we had this typing teacher that was just smoking hot. And oh. it was like an after school um, elective class that you could take for like extra credit and stuff. And, you know, at that point, you know, not to be sexist or anything, but guys didn't really type, you know, it wasn't like today where we've got keyboards and everything. It was like, it was a different time back then. And, but this class was full of <laughs> 20 teenage boys because of the teacher. There was like three girls in the class. Because <laughs> all the guys oh. took up all the slots because we just wanted to be there with the teacher. It was so funny. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta so you got the hot for a teacher? Hot right. for teacher. There we go. So yes. So I could I could relate to that video somewhat. <laughs> yeah. That is an awesome story. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a fun time back then. I tell you, the old the old days. What, what, what was it like? The best ever growing up in the eighties. Tell me, Phil, was it? I think it was, man. You know, it's it. it I don't know. I don't know if it's because I mean, we were so ignorant back then or what. But man, it, it, it there was some good times back then. But but to think about it, we're in nineteen eighty four, and and in four years since 1980 look at what what album came 
out during that period in time, like four years. No wonder we were in heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, Van, Van Halen set aside. Uh, I'm, I mean, you got Back in Black. You got Metallica coming on to the scene. You got all those bands. You got Judas Priest. You got Def Leppard. You got uh, uh, who else? Who am I forgetting? There's just, uh, just a lot of Ma- Maiden, Maiden, of course. Maiden, Maiden. of course. You got uh, Motley Crue. You've got the Scorpions, which I know yeah. is not one of your favorites. No, but, but which still. we should do that record. Yes. We should do the Blackout yes, record. Yeah, yes. See, that was one of and my favorite records back then, too. 1983, yes. I think it was. 82, 83. Yeah. That was, and that you was were high times. all the time. I was not high all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to think that we grew up in that period of time, it, it's, it's nuts to think that all, all those great albums. Oh, I'm a Motorhead, of course. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I mean, Ace of Spades and, and, and Overkill. Jeez. Well, even Ozzy, man. Ozzy solo yeah. oh, stuff yeah. came out yeah, at that point. I mean, yeah. those Slayer. First, we've talked about those two records, you know, just awesome. Yeah, Slayer. Yeah. Although I never really got into Slayer until later. No, me neither. But still. Actually, Slayer really has only been the last, what, few years for me? Maybe yeah. last decade or so? Yeah. Testament. A friend of mine... Yeah, Testament. A friend, a friend of mine was really into Slayer when we were growing up, so it was there by the sidelines. It was cranking Megadeth. the shit out of that. Oh yeah, Megadeth, Megadeth. So yeah, well, it was better in the good old days. It was better in the good old days, and then yes. Van Halen had to come out and get rid of yeah. David Lee Roth and ruin everything. Yeah, and then it what just the went hell? to shit. It wasn't the same after. Yeah. That. No, so let's quit the show. We're uh, well. We're let's ahead. Quit. Let's let's stop while we're ahead. All right. So that yeah. is Van Halen's in 1984. So when uh, while you're cooped up there in in your self isolation, hop on Instagram and let us know what your favorite songs are on 1984, and uh, let's continue the conversation over there on Instagram. You can also hit us up on twitter my handle is phil boyer p-h-i-l-b-o-w-y-e-r on twitter and mike what's your handle over there mike dot c dot svensson there you go there we go Mm -hmm. all right until next week later later this has been sounds on vinyl hosted by mike svensson and phil boyer Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and follow at Sounds on Vinyl on Instagram. Sounds on Vinyl is produced by Boozehound Productions. Music by Grand Reserva. Visit soundsonvinyl.com for official merch and stuff you won't find anywhere else. <laughs>